So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, Rockstar Nation, boy, we have a great guest coming out of Newport, Rhode Island, Mr. Chris Prefontaine. Great guy, used to, uh, used to be a realtor, uh, son used to be a realtor, used to coach real estate agents, sold his company to Caldwell Banker and got involved in the investing business, and now he, he helps train people on, train real estate agents, among others, on how to, you know, do deals outside of the box, and uh, for buyers that can't qualify and for sellers that can't uh, squeeze any equity out of their house. He's got a lot of great ideas that we're going to talk about here. Uh, so get your paper and pencils ready. This is going to be some good stuff. Chris, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, Chris, why don't you give us a little rundown on yourself uh, uh, so we can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. So you, you did a good job there with the intro. We, I was a realtor, then a broker owner, and I'm going to go back to like 1995-ish. Uh, ended up selling my company to Coal Banker in 2000. We remained on as an agent of theirs with a non-compete for several years. And while I was doing that, as you alluded to, I, I did some coaching. Not all glamorous, uh, as, as you probably get from a lot of interviews. Uh, in, in the early 90s, we were building homes and got a expensive seminar and, and on doing subdivisions and, and taking a hit financially. <laughs> you know, in my book uh, in 2008, the debacle just annihilated me. And so that's why we've recreated a lot of things. So I, I don't want to make it all rosy. Yeah, yeah, it never is, right? There's always a dark side to capitalism. And uh, I think it's important to uh, let people know, especially nowadays, you know, that there, that, that, that exists. So you, you crashed in 2008. Were you, were you an investor then? Yeah, so I had I did the typical. Hey, it's an ATM machine and it's never going to end, you know. And we had oh, 25 properties or so, all of them over leveraged by any standard today. Of course, we didn't know it then, right? When it crashed, and so we've re, re literally re-engineered everything now. So when we buy property, it's never with our own credit or personal signature anymore, and it's never with cash. Uh, so we learned a lesson, but we've come out much better because of it. As usual, that's usually the case. So basically, uh, you know, right now, your game is real estate investing and teaching others to, to do the same, right? Like how many houses do you have? How many houses are you buying? Give me a rundown there. Yeah, great question. So I operate a family company outside of the coaching. It's uh, right here in Newport, Rhode Island. We buy four to six homes a month, really just in New England. Uh, it's my son, my son-in-law, my daughter, my wife, and one bookkeeper. That's, we've been pretty tight. So it's a nice family ship. Uh, then we take that exact same model and we teach partners around the country, so students around the country to do the exact same thing. Okay, awesome. And then you buy and hold, right? Uh, okay, so good question. So buy and hold, short term. So what we do on all our properties is we buy either uh, owner financing, uh, lease purchase, or taking over the property subject to the existing underlying debt. So you're never going on a loan. You're never putting up your own cash. And then we exit always with a rent to own. So that's taking a buyer kind of in that 80% pool out there that can't get financing, putting them in a home, getting them credit enhancement over whatever time period, and then they do get it cashed out. So it's never longer than anywhere between 12 and 72 months typically. 
And we typically hold, like right now, if you took a snapshot, we have around 65 of these that we run. Some are coming on, some are getting cashed out, and every month that rotates. Okay, so you got 65 houses, right? And so none of these, based on your traumatic experience in the past of getting crushed in 2008, none of these have Chris Prefontaine on the deed. You are, you are correct. None of them have us on the D, but more importantly, we're not on any of those loans. On the loans. What, what do you put on there? You have an LLC? You just slap well, it Well, the LLCs buy the property, sure. But more importantly, the, the, even the owner finance deals where we're making principal only payments to a seller, we, we are not signing personally ever. The, the deal stays, holds its own, meaning my LLC is, is committing to make the payment to the seller. And if they're not good with that, we don't do the deal. That's awesome. That's really cool. And then, it, and then it allows you to, to, you know, build wealth, right? Have a bunch of rental properties, have 65 rental properties and create income by selling them once they, you know, appreciate to where you want them or, or whatever, what have you. So, so let's talk a little bit about this, how it can help real estate agents listening, close more deals and make more commissions. You got a guy that you coach out in Florida uh, who's doing this. Uh, talk to me about that. Yes, yeah, Sergio is his name. Sergio came on as a, just like everyone else. Kind of, uh, I, hey, I got some knowledge. I happen to be a realtor, but I like what I saw about you online. Okay. So we taught him how to look a little wider in the lens, I guess, is the best way for me to say it as a, from a realtor standpoint. Because why? Because now... Sergio goes into a home, I can give you many examples, but he goes into a home, let's say with a seller and for whatever reason, if that thing might expire in the future or if they just can't get the listing because it's over leveraged or it's overpriced and they just won't give in any reason it's not selling and you may or may not take it or it may expire. Now he can take it because we buy so many different ways. And on the other side, you know, he's, he, let's say he gets a call from the buyer you and I alluded to earlier. They can't get financing today. It's enormous pool of buyers right now that can't get financing today, but they just need time. Time for credit enhancement or time for seasoning as self-employed. No more stated income loans, as you probably know. So yeah, we got okay. a huge so, pool. So, so let's talk about this because you're throwing around some big numbers. 80%, is that true? You're saying 80% of buyers or would-be buyers, let's call them, right? Because they're not buyers because they've been to the bank and can't get a loan or they just know their credit is shot and they're insecure about it. They don't even try, right? Let's just call them. You're saying 80% uh, can't get loans? Yeah, depending on what market you look at and of course what criteria you use because the, the, the market's softening now for loans, right? But from a, from a conforming loan standpoint, yeah, it could be as high as 80, 82% in some markets that I've seen. So mm, uh, either wow. way, it's enormous. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I'm a real estate agent, right? I got this house. It's sitting on the market. Let's just say it's a dog, right? It ain't, it ain't selling. I want to tap into that 80% or whatever it is. I want to I figure out a way to sell it to someone who thinks in their mind that they can't get the loan. What do I do? Okay, let me give you an exact example, the best way of doing it. So there was a property nearby me here, and it's tough to do. I'm on an island, so it's tough to do homes here. But there was a property that sat on the market with an agent, and I happen to know the agent, uh, for about 11 months. 11 months. House was at around two thirty nine nine. Quite frankly, it was priced about right, but it wasn't selling. It was empty, and it had some issues, functionality issues. We contacted the seller uh, as an expired uh, because we saw it come on before it popped back on the market and said, look, we will lease purchase your home and we will do so by taking over the existing loan. We will give you a 
portion of our non-refundable down payment we're going to get from our buyer. And here's what we need. We need time. We need about 24 months to get our buyer through the process of credit enhancement. We put a sign in that yard and it was exactly 11 days that that went under agreement with us versus the realtor who still had a sign there. We actually co-did co it together. Now, why is that? This guy who, who, who bought this home, drove by this house every day. He was a mason. Every day. Why didn't he call the realtor? What you said earlier. He was embarrassed. He thought he couldn't afford it. He, he didn't call. Our sign said, lease purchase, no banks. Boom. He called. He put a 10% non-refundable down. We, that means he's serious. In the course of, uh, oh gosh, 18, we gave him 24. But in the course of 18 months, he did get his financing. That's a happy story. It's done. He's in the home. He owns it. I like that. Lease purchase, no banks. I like the no banks because a lot of lease purchase, you know, I mean, it, it, it maybe makes sense to a realtor, but it definitely doesn't make sense, you know, to the, the mason who's driving by what is a lease purchase, right? So, so I like that. No banks and boom. All right, cool. And so that, that's a great way. And so give me some uh, details for people listening. Like how exactly did you structure it other than, you know, he put 10% down. So let's say he had, happened to have 23 grand in the bank, but his credit was shot. What did you do after that? Okay, so there's obviously a prequal period there where he has to prove income. What we do so we don't mess with that is we use a third party out of Pennsylvania, mycreditteam.com. I think it's, they have many sites, but that's one of them. They go through front end and back, uh, back end housing ratios, FICO score, you know, credit, criminal, everything gets checked. And then a game plan to say, when will they, if they can, be mortgage ready? And then and only then do we say, does that fit within the parameters the seller said to us that he can wait 12, 24, 36? In this case, the report came back and said 18 to 24. Owner said 24 is good. So we then accepted him. It goes to the attorney and he signs formally. Even though it's a lease, we, we put him in front of an attorney. So it's a little bit of a formal process, almost like the pride of home ownership, you know? As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. That's awesome. And, and so he moves in and, and he's essentially renting it, right? Now, does part, does part of his uh, rent go to more down payment or is he good with that? Good question. So the most asked question we get. So a couple things here. First of all, a very important distinction when you say rent, I don't want to be in a rental business back before 08 I was. So what are all these agreements structured as? The, these lease purchase agreements are structured as I said earlier, A, down 
payment, non-refundable. You're serious. You've committed to this house. You just need time. B, you handle as the renter, uh, lease purchaser, you handle all repairs. So you, and this is the conversation we have with them. You are treated, you behave, and you act like you are a buyer. What does that mean? You cut the lawn, you fix anything that goes wrong. You're the buyer. You just don't have a mortgage yet. You own it, yeah. Yeah. So that, so they know that going in. And they, again, pride of ownership, we give them a pathway to get there. So then uh, they join the credit enhancement program if they're not already in one. Some people come to us and they're already in one. That's good. I like I, that you outsource that, by the way. I mean, that's a big job to do. And Oh, it, it's more than a big job. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And the guy that does the enhancement, coincidentally, used to write loans. So he gets the whole front end. What's it called again? MyCreditEnhancement.com. MyCreditTeam.com. My that's awesome. I'm going to put a link to that on uh, HybenDigital.com backslash Chris Prefontaine. Beautiful. Beautiful. Keep going. Yeah, the guy's been doing it, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. His name is Paul. So, uh, okay, so they go through the credit enhancement process. You get, the investor gets, the realtor gets a link to the portal to watch the progress of the credit repair. Why? Well, if they get off track, they're in, they're in default of their agreement. This credit enhancement is part of their lease purchase agreement because they can't get to the finish line without it. And then once that process is done, it's usually one cycle of six months. If it's, they're really bad, they're going to have to go another six months. And that's why we give them the buffer. And then they just go conventional. They can go to a local bank. They can go to uh, you know, a mortgage broker that we suggest. It doesn't matter. They're going to go then shop like they're buying a house today. Wow. And it becomes a conventional sale. Okay. So this is great. And this is awesome that you counsel these people and hold their hand through this process. But how do you make money? Sure. So and, and important things we're talking to a lot of realtors here is this. I'm not licensed anymore on purpose, by the way, and my son as well. But- we cannot, as all the realtors know listening, we cannot market or do anything with a home until what? Until we have it under agreement, until we have equitable interest in the home. So it's super important to know that when we go with the seller, we're contracting on that with either purchase sale or a lease purchase agreement. So now we have equitable right to go market it. Just a, a, a slight distinction there. And because I said that, I lost track of your last question. <laughs> well, I just, yeah. So like, how do you make money? So oh, gotcha. you're not licensed. You can't charge a commission. Right. Did you charge the seller? Do you charge the buyer? Do you get a piece of the equity? What, how do you, I mean, what do you, what do you do? How do you make money? Yeah. We create three paydays. The guy Sergio I mentioned is well over 350 grand this year. And these three paydays, I'll explain them. Uh, payday one. Payday one is all or a portion of the down payment that the buyer comes to the table with. So for example, that gentleman wanted two thirty nine nine for the house, but in his mind, he said, I can accept X, whatever X is right. less than, right? Twenty, let's say. Yeah. Yep. So I put it on for the same as the realtor, coincidentally, in this case, at two thirty nine nine, And I said to him, look, whatever deposit we get, we'll give you X percentage back and we'll keep the remainder. Sometimes we keep it all. As long as the seller is getting their net, they don't care. Therein lies, why, therein lies why you can't be licensed, right? Because that's illegal. That's a net listing, essentially. So how's Sergio do it? Uh, there's a couple of different ways of doing it. So let me continue the three paydays too. So yeah, go ahead. Finish it uh, off. Pay, and we'll Payday talk. one is uh, uh, the, the, the down payment. Now that can be up front, but it's also over time. So someone says to you, to, to the investor, hey, I've got 10,000 in your mind, you're thinking, man, you know, that's not much of a commitment. We need at least three to 5%, but I can do tax returns the next few years. So they schedule that payday one sometimes several times. So that's payday one. Okay. Payday two is the monthly spread between what you've committed to or agreed to with the seller and what you're collecting from your tenant buyer. 
usually our average is like three hundred eighty dollars. You're going to be somewhere between two hundred and a thousand. Okay, so this is I know I know it's not a rental, but let's say the monthly payment, right? You're saying usually it's a mortgage payment. Usually it's a mortgage, mortgage payment, payment up to sellers. Yeah, a portion of that mortgage payment you're getting. No, so say the mortgage on that house. I'm trying to think of that number is about uh, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Yeah. Okay. In that case. Uh, we actually went out to the market at sixteen twenty-five and got that. So the difference between the mortgage payment of his that we are paying and our six twenty-five we were collecting—that's our spread. That's our payday too. So you got a mortgage against the house. Yep, that, that stays in the seller's name. But who paid off the mortgage that was already in the seller's name, or was it paid off? Doesn't get paid off till the tenant buyer gets financing in year one, two, or three. It stays in their name. Title stays in their name. It's a lease purchase. So then wouldn't you have two mortgages on it? No, because all it is is a lease purchase. You're not encumbering it with any more debt. So you're my buyer. I move you in with a lease purchase agreement. The seller says, hey, just make sure my payments stay current. I pay the payments on the mortgage and, and I keep the difference in the spread. Oh, I see. The difference in the rent. Or yep. whatever you want to call it. So you yeah. charge them fifteen hundred, the payment's twelve eighty, and you, you just keep the difference. You got that's it. That's pretty, average so that's around average around three to four hundred each each deal. Yep. Yep. And you're gonna see why we keep that one tight. So then, what's payday three? Payday three is twofold. Payday three is pretty cool. So payday three is any premium I put on the home at the beginning between what the seller wanted and what I thought the market could bear less any deposit that buyer gave me up front. That's my payday three still remaining for when it closes out. But it's also this, the mortgage payment that I'm making every single month that's in the seller's name, any and all principal pay down over the course of the term accrues to me as well. So my mortgage is going down because he or she just said, I want X at the end. Yeah. And X is determined beforehand. Right, the net. Yep. And so the principal pay down. So if it takes an extra year, you're, you're compensated because you keep, because the person in there is paying down the principal. At the same time. And I guess you can't get too greedy on that, on that spread at the, at the very end, the, um, the, what you sell it for. Because at, at the end of the day, he's going to try to get a regular loan and it's got to appraise. You got it. hundred percent. So you got to kind of look at every market's different. We have partners in about 18 states now. So you got to look at each state and say, okay, is this screaming hot? Is it going to, you know, you, there is a bit of some calculation there that you want to make sure you're safe. Is this screaming hard? <laughs> okay, cool. So, all right, let's go on to uh, the other side of it. So, that's a, that's a way you can get a mason with crappy credit to get into a house that deserves to be a homeowner and for whatever reason just uh, was insecure, you know, up to 80% of potential people out there that you might as an agent not even know about. What about on the other end? And, and I think you kind of explained this already, right? You kind of talked about both sides, but talk a little bit about, let's say I go on a listing appointment, the guy's upside down. He, again, use a scenario of he, he, you know, he owes 270 and, and the house is worth 250 or maybe use a, a real life scenario. Tell me, tell me how as an agent I can make money on a deal like that. Instead of letting it go, sure. So uh, this is more prevalent, the one you just described, where it's either at or about what the market bears. So if they sold it, they have good credit, let's assume. They, they're all set. It's just that if they sell, they got to come out of pocket with cash. Let's go that scenario first. So if it's not too, too upside down, in your case, 20 grand is not too, too bad, I would look at the amount of the principal pay down on their, on their current mortgage. What is it at right now? Is it 300 bucks a month? Is it 500? 
I'd calculate how long that's going to take to be back to market value. Of course, at the same time, the market's presumably going up right now anyway. So I would structure a longer term lease purchase to allow me to have the market go up and my principal come down. Not a one, two or three years. I'm talking I've done nine years, seven years. I've done 10 years so that you now control that home with the lease purchase. You're making the monthly mortgage payment and you have all the time in the world with your tenant buyer. They can take their time. They can you know, have credit enhancement for several years before you have to cash that out. We do a lot of those. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been eBooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. And, and I guess you're going to get a lot of sellers that are just like, Chris, you know, I don't understand this. I just, I'm, I'm just glad that you're taking this on, that you're control. The whole thing is you got to make them feel comfortable that you're going to be there, that you're going to deal with this through the bumps in the road if there are any bumps in the road. Because I imagine most sellers will be like, hey, you know, this is a good way to get me out. But what if, what if he, what if he stops paying, you know, he's already right. got bad, you know, what, how, how do you alleviate those fears? Yeah. Cause I'm big on, I told you right when we started, this isn't all fluff. It's not all easy. Right. So, yeah. so things they ask are things like, well, what if the house gets trash? Well, that's, you're describing, I talked to them like this. I said, you're describing a tenant, not a tenant buyer, but I'm not going to tell you it never happens. It does. People have life events. People have death, divorce, et cetera. I have about one or two a year out of 50 of these things that go this way. And this way being, I got to go in there and I got to spend some money and fix it and I got to replace the tenant buyer. I do not stop and call the owner and whine and complain because I've already committed to it if that's the arrangement I made. So again, about one or two a year out of 50, I get a headache. But I got enough spreads and enough payday ones where I buffered myself to go ahead and do that on that occasional. So you, one or two. you take that on. You 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 don't ask the seller to to fix it up. Like if the guy does, let's just say die, or I had a tenant recently go to jail, right? Like, right. you know, and then we had to evict all the furniture. So, you know, let's say that happens, you right. deal with that. Correct. Yeah. There's other arrangements, but yes, ninety nine percent of my deals, I do a strong lease purchase where they know they're getting X at the end or just the mortgage payoff in this case we're talking about. And yeah, I deal with the headache if it comes up. So that's why back to the pre-screening that we talked about, super important that we pre-screen the daylights out of them to make sure they are a buyer. They're not just a glorified renter. Yeah. And obviously that you or the seller could, could drive by their personal house too now. And like that Mason's house, going back to that example, I mean, you could drive by his house, see what his front stoop looks like, you know? 
You're right. We do. And we call, you know, obviously over the last five years, we've, we've added all kinds of things we do from learning. And one of them is going by, one of them is calling references, et cetera, just like you would a renter. But again, you're looking for a buyer here. And I don't want to, just so I say this and I don't forget, I don't want to paint the picture that it's always the problem property for the, for the, for the seller. I have many. We just bought some beautiful properties that are debt-free, beautiful estates where their accountant and their attorney said, look, you're going to get crushed in capital gains or you know, some other circumstance uh, uh, surrounding them. So we'll do owner financing to the seller. We'll buy the property, owner financing, no money down, monthly principal payments, no interest. It behooves them sometimes to not claim interest income. It behooves them to watch their capital gains and stretch it out, you know, kick the can down the road. So I don't want to paint this picture for the realtor that it's just a problem one. Sometimes these people are strategically looking for owner financing and a realtor usually doesn't think to ask that. Yeah, because they don't want to live there anymore, but they might already have a big gain this year where next year or the year after they won't have any gains. So this, this way they kick the can down the road. So the gain comes, comes two years later. It's just massively strategic because you don't want to, you, you're going to, you know, it just makes sense. Yeah, let me give you a really cool example. If we, if, and if we don't have time, you stop me. Yeah, um, we just did a deal. I love examples. Yeah, real life. Stuff. Yeah, they're better. They can, we can all learn better. So we bought this 10-acre estate in Pennsylvania with our partner there, Don. Don's an engineer. He does this part-time, one of our students. And this guy was on the market, same deal, probably about 12 months. Called us. Uh, he, we had called him a few times, kept in touch. And then he called us last fall and said, look, guys, I got five kids. They're in Texas. I'm in Pennsylvania. I want to talk to you guys about that, that private financing deal. What, how's it look? I said, look, you get two options. We can buy this property, pay your closing costs. You have no out-of-pocket. We'll pay your asking price the realtor didn't get you, and we'll make monthly principal payments to you for four years, and at the end of four years, we'll give you a balloon. Guy was tickled pink because mainly what you just said, he wanted to go to Texas, make sure this was handled by someone he could trust, and he had monthly principal payments and top price, so he didn't have to worry about claiming interest. And when, and all. And when you say monthly principal payments, just the principal he was paying down on his loan, what do you mean? Yeah, all our owner financing deals, all of them. We pay sometimes top dollar and sometimes even a premium because we're paying principal only. So in his case, we bought that place for like 425000 We pay him $1,540 a month principal, no interest. Okay. So we hedge ourselves against the market big time because every month that's getting hammered down for four years. And he is happy because in the end, he got his price. He got top dollar and he doesn't have to sit there and calculate interest income each, each and month. And then you sold it to somebody else through lease. Uh, uh, we actually didn't sell it. We did a lease purchase, rent to own. Right. Or somewhere around if that was like four eighty nine nine. Uh, again, 10 acre state, pristine shape. Yeah. And then our lease price on that is around 1800 plus they pay their own taxes and everything just like they owned it. So you're actually that you know you're making money you're making that spread again on the on the rent or whatever and then principal pay down that's huge right? you're paying down the principal pay down huge over four years right that's another fifty grand or sixty seventy and right. then and then you sold it for more than than you paid for it so it all it all paydays and big paydays that's that's really neat well I love I love people that think outside the box I love ideas and and you know, there's certainly people out there that have these issues. There's certainly many ways to skin a cat, and I appreciate you shedding light on so many. I'm going to put all of Chris's information, guys, on hybendigital.com backslash Chris Prefontaine, F-O-N-T-A-I-N-E. 
And uh, what Chris is going to give us for our, you know, on hybendigital.com, what Chris is going to give us for the toolbox is a PDF ebook. I'll let him explain. Chris, why don't you talk about this uh, uh, ebook you're going to give our listeners for free? Sure. It's a good follow-up to what we just chatted about, coincidentally, because it's called Eat That Sandwich. And what it means is the sandwich leases. These lease purchases where you're in the middle, that's why it's called the sandwich. So you're going to lease purchase from an owner, you're going to sell it on a, on a lease purchase as well, rent to own. So it's going to talk about the three paydays that you and I just touched upon briefly, but it's going to give many examples of different types of these deals. So the realtor can read it and say, I get it. That That's the seller that I usually pass on, or that's someone I can help more efficiently. And I know the light bulb will go off for them. It'll be a nice little resource for them. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I'll put that in Chris's uh, show notes. I'm also going to put in the toolbox at hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, or you could text toolbox to 444-999. Anyways, Chris, this has been awesome, buddy. If I'm ever in uh, Newport, Rhode Island or uh, vicinity, I'll look you up and uh, we can break some bread. Yeah, especially if it's summer. Don't come in the winter. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.